Welcome to the Created for This Birth podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Lewis. I'm a holistic mama to a four-year-old, currently pregnant with my second, a childbirth educator, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. I'm here to equip you to birth without second-guessing your choices, empower you to trust your God-given abilities, and encourage you to choose faith and strength over fear and coercion. Each episode, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and more. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready for a class, check out createdforthisbirth.com. Now let's dive in. Okay, so this episode today, we're going to dive right in. I thought this was a good topic to cover because pregnancy and birth seem to be some of the only times that we as adults let other people tell us what we are allowed and not allowed to do with our bodies. Um, this leads women to believe that they just don't have any say in the decision-making process at all. And it, the issue here is that women have been given the idea from the get-go that they are not the ultimate authority in their birth. So when a doctor comes along and says, it's time for a cesarean, oftentimes the mother doesn't even consider if it's really what she wants or what her birth actually needs. So, For example, over 40% of hospitals in the U.S. go against the national health recommendations by not allowing VBACs, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean. And many mothers are also told they aren't allowed to decline interventions that are even not evidence-based. So like continuous monitoring monitoring or eating or drinking in labor. Um, This is one of the reasons that I started this business in the first place is just to bring education and awareness to topics like this of really allowing you as the mom to feel empowered again and to know that you do have choices and you don't have to just go with the flow and you have rights. Um, Your rights translate into something called informed consent. So I believe informed consent is arguably one of the biggest issues with maternity care today because mothers aren't being fully informed of procedures and they're not being fully informed of risks of the procedures versus doing nothing. And so we've seen an increase in interventions and then essentially traumatic births as well. So legally and ethically, your provider is required to give all of the information and you as the patient, the client are the one who gets to decide whether or not to go forward with that procedure, regardless of if it's birth related or not. This goes for anything medical related. Um, Telling women that they aren't allowed basic human rights under the guise of policy or safety or their baby's safety is really feels like it really feels like a level of disrespect that most women will never face in their lives apart from the birth of their baby. And so let's cover the most basic rights you have. These three rights are basically what informed consent essentially is. So number one, you have the right to full and accurate information about interventions, about the risks associated with them, and about the alternatives to any test or procedure that is suggested or recommended to you. So (laughs) Okay, number two, I'll stay on topic. Um, You have the right to refuse any medical test or procedure, period. And you have the right to say no without fear of hostility or threats or retaliation by your care provider. And number three, you have the right to bodily autonomy. If it has to do with your body, you are legally in charge. Um, Informed consent is your legal right. It is described as, quote, 
the willing acceptance of a medical intervention by a patient after adequate disclosure by the physician, disclosure of the nature of the intervention with its risks and alternatives, end quote. And often, informed consent is confused with the signing of the consent forms if you're birthing in a hospital hospital setting. Um, Informed consent is not just the one-time signing of papers. It's not... um, Yeah, you have the freedom of right to make decisions, and signing those consent forms does not mean that you've been fully informed. And um, you have the freedom of right to make those decisions through pregnancy, labor, birth, and postpartum. And unfortunately, there are many instances where doctors pressure moms to receive interventions for the perceived health of the baby. So things like if you don't do this, then your baby will die. Or if you keep doing this, your baby's going to come out not breathing. Um, Even if the intervention is in the best interest of the baby, the mother still has the right to fully understanding the risks and benefits involved. And legally, the right to say no if it's what you, she, the mom decides is best. So there's laws and ACOG and ethics committees, and they all agree that a pregnant woman has rights. But there's still so many stories where a mom was made to feel as though she didn't have any or she didn't have a choice during her birth. And that's where the word allow comes into play. So many moms are made to feel as though they aren't allowed to decline an ultrasound or allowed to choose an alternative glucose testing option or allowed to turn down Pitocin in their labor. So a good question to ask is who is allowing whom? You are the mama. You are the one hiring your provider. And I believe it's time that we change our language around birth to reflect the legal and ethical reality that it is you, the mom, the patient, the client, who chooses to allow the provider to do something, not the other way around. So really, the word allow has no place in birth unless you are choosing to allow your provider to do something. (laughs) So um, one question my mentor touched on recently is, how is it ethical to hold women to what their provider will allow, knowing that most providers aren't practicing to the standards that science shows us is best for moms and babies? So one of the most recent awareness posts I've seen is about the fact that the U.S., is the only developed country with a rising maternal mortality rate. And it starts with a sequence of intervention of non-evidence-based practice leading up to those should have not been needed cesareans. And with that, the rise in negative outcomes. Um, and real quick, before we close up for the day, I know I just threw a bunch of stuff at you just pretty intensely. Um, I was just getting right to the point today. Um Let's talk about the word policy really quick. So hospital policies are adopted for the purpose of providing a safe environment and quality care. Um, They're also adopted as a means of preventing liability, meaning policy can protect providers from being sued. So when a provider says something like, you can't eat right now, it's against our policy, what they really mean is we don't want you to eat because if you eat and something happens to you, we could get sued. So most policies are not necessarily mandates, but rather just general guidelines. And the problem with that is that policies are written and enforced in absolute terms, which leaves no room for individualized care. And 
that honestly should be the basis of any kind of healthcare. At least that's what I would love to see. Um, it's important to also know that policies are often made with liability insurance in mind and with the main goal of like, how do we not get sued and how can we guarantee the best outcomes for mom and baby is not the question that's being asked. And really that's the question that I would love to see is how can we guarantee the best outcomes for mom and baby instead of how can we protect ourselves? Um, oftentimes a provider may say that something is policy when really it's just their preference. So be sure you get a physical copy of the policy of the OB or the hospital so that you know exactly what to expect. And if you need to push back and stand up for something, um, you're able to do that. Okay. And then finally, just remember you're a consenting adult. You're not a child. Even a child deserves to eat and drink and go to the bathroom when they want to. You are not an object. Birth does not mean that you are sick and need to be treated as if you are. Um, you are worthy of full ownership over your birth experience and you are smart enough to make your own informed decisions. If your provider is saying you're not allowed in a casual casual conversation with them, um, say something. Don't let it slip by unnoticed. And you can say something like, when you say that it's not allowed, what do you mean by that? You can follow up with, can you explain my right to informed consent to me? Because when you say I'm not allowed to do something, it seems to go against what I thought to be true about informed consent. Remember, the authority in childbirth always lies with you, the mom, and never with the provider. It's you who hold the power in birth, and our words ought to reflect that, and I would love to see the shift start to happen in our world, in society. Um, I hope this brought you clarity surrounding your rights. I know it was super quick, so maybe go back and listen again if you need to. Um, as a mom giving birth, your rights are no different than your rights as a human being. So even though um, this went quick today, I pray that you feel more equipped, empowered, and encouraged to pursue the birth that you desire. If you do have any questions or you need support, or need evidence for something um, that you wish to experience in your birth, feel free to email me. I will put my email in the show notes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're looking for more support, be sure to check out the resources that I offer at createdforthisbirth.com. I host webinars and workshops. I have free downloads for you, and I'm here to support you the best that I can. And if you're ready, I do offer online live courses from time to time. So be sure to check that out at createdforthisbirth.com. Thank you.